have always had an itch for business in the back of my mind. And I knew at some point I will get into entrepreneurship. It gave me a lane to scratch that itch. And I found that I really liked it and was motivated by it. My background's in engineering. So I took that approach to the marketing funnel. The angle that made me successful was pulling from the actual experiences that I did have, being analytical about the process and make sure it was driving success and iterating on it. Is that much of it? Is that not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post-9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian, and that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 65 features Navy veteran and digital marketing entrepreneur, Jordan Young. He's the co-founder and CEO of FilmPack, a collection of premium stock footage and music for advertising agencies, production companies, and filmmakers. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. think we are we are live we've waited the appropriate amount of of riverside time as i'm as i'm calling it now uh nice. every, every time every time we record one of these jordan young welcome to veteran made thanks thanks for having me really really appreciate it i've, I've been excited about this one obviously we've kind of known each other for for a bit now i'm a customer uh I've, uh I've i've been a customer for a couple of years now and really really enjoy the product and have Really enjoyed um, kind of how the product has evolved and 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 everything that you all have built. Uh, and so I'm really excited to share with our audience and a ton of creators in our audience um, who who I think will benefit tremendously from uh, from your product. So for those that don't know, uh, would love it if you can just kind of give a, a brief primer on yourself and kind of who, who you are and where and when you served, and then then we'll jump right into jump right into FilmPack. Awesome, sounds great. Yeah, so I uh, I did 10 years in the Navy. I was uh, part of the CB community, which is uh, the tactical construction units for the Navy and supporting the Marine Corps as well. Um, yeah, so I spent uh, 10 years after college doing that and ended up uh, deciding that I wanted to try the civilian side out. And I made a unique transition, very distinctly different from what I was doing and uh, kind of went into the creative uh, tech space. And uh, that's where film packs evolved from and what I've been doing the last, uh, I guess, six years now. Yeah. So when you were initially transitioning out of, of the Navy from a very kind of technical, you know, field, um, what did you have in mind as you were as you were thinking about transitioning into the civilian work workforce? And obviously, at ten years, that's kind of like I know in the Air Force, a lot of us would be like, "Oh man, I'm at ten years, may as well do the whole twenty. Like, what made you decide to yeah. to get out at that time? And then also, what made you um, what pr- uh, criteria were you using to evaluate where you wanted to go in the civilian space? Yeah, it was actually a really tough decision for for us to get out. Um, so I was I was married coming out of college, so my wife knew full and well what we were getting into and was very supportive of it. So it was a uh, you know a lifestyle that we we both signed up for heading into the military, and we actually really loved it. We loved uh, moving around, you know, being at new places, meeting new people. I love the aspects of the job, the like dynamic of you know that hard work, team leadership, getting to you know constantly innovate and do new things. 
um, and getting it to shake it up every every two three years, moving on to a new unit. Um, so, so we loved it. And that ten year mark was it was very tough because we could definitely see the finish line and we could see ourselves doing the next ten years. Um, but at that point, we had done two nine month deployments and we had three kids, and it started to get harder and harder for me to just imagining kind of uh, leaving for that long. Um, and, and it would have been, you know, at least a couple more nine month deployments to make it to that 20 year mark. So we just started really, you know, thinking about it pretty heavily and, and weighing out our options. And like, interestingly enough, um, I actually kind of, I started picking up skills, trying to help my wife out in the side business that she had started. And then those skills kind of led to an opportunity to get out. What, um, what was, where, where were y'all stationed? Where were you living? So at that time we were, um, at a small camp in Maryland. Okay. And what was her business? What was she pursuing? So she's, uh, she's in the creative field as well. She was a photographer for, uh, the early part of my Navy career. And she was, did really well, but the struggle with photography is basically moving every two to three years, you have to pick up and essentially restart your business and, you know, break into that new area. Like you're coming off uh, ground zero every single time. So, so she started thinking about like ways to solve that problem and ended up uh, opening an editing business where instead of doing the photography, she was doing the editing remotely for, for different photographers across the country and uh, that ended up really picking up for her. And it got to a point where she was kind of leading a community and kind of leading the charge of other editors coming into that field. And she created a digital course for for that community. And I wanted to help her in any way I possibly could. So I started learning digital marketing, kind of, you know, never imagining it would end up, you know, being in it in a career and, and leaping into other things, but uh, we were successful with different uh, course launches. I, I picked up, you know, like Facebook advertising, Google advertising, those kind of digital marketing skills, running a, a funnel for her. And uh, we ended up building up that business to where uh, it was essentially equivalent with what I was making on the, uh, on the military side. So it was, uh, you know, financially that kind of, relieved us a lot of the stress that some people would have to make in that decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what were you, what was that learning curve? What was that process like for you? Was it something that you got excited about and you're like, all right, the only way that you're going to be able to run a business like this remotely is, is for me to, you know, it's for somebody to create, create a, a sales and marketing funnel. So may as well be me, like, let me jump right into it. And you got excited about it? Or, or what, what did you have any sort of creative or media, like background or interest at all before that? I think it was, it was a balance of two things. I really wanted to help her. Like, I, I felt like she kind of deserved it at that point. And, you know, the military wife, obviously, they, they uh, sacrifice a lot. So I wanted to do my part to help her out in, in getting her career going. Um, but then I also have always had an itch for business in the back of my mind. And I knew that, you know, whether it was getting out at 10, 20 or 30 years, at some point I would want to get into entrepreneurship. So it just gave me a lane to kind of scratch that itch. And, uh, 
And I just found that I, I really liked it and I was motivated by it. And I think for me, it was like, you know, my background's in, in engineering, that's my degree. And so I, I took kind of that approach to the, the marketing side of the funnels. Like, obviously I had to learn like more, more than just engineering, but my, I think the angle that made me successful at it was pulling from the actual experiences that I did have and just really like being analytical about the process and make sure it was driving success and, and iterating on it. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that because you, you said you had an itch for business. I'm like, most people don't realize that um, uh, 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 a media funnel it, like is is the business. Like, especially now, like yes. if you don't have that, like you're 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 toast. Like, you almost need that before you have a product. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I mean. It's the best way to get traffic going to to iterate on products. So yeah, it's. I mean, you can't have one without the other. But I would say yes, it's definitely um, a key driver. And and what were some of the things specifically that you were learning that turned something on for you for yourself? So obviously, you were learning a ton of things, and you were helping her, and and that was mm -hmm. kind of primary. But at what point during that process were you starting to learn things that you were thinking to yourself, oh, okay, this is more than just, you know, kind of financial stability for the family for me to make a decision to to leave the military. It is something that I'm now learning that I can tinker with myself and build something else. Like at what point did those right. gears start to shift for you? Yeah, so I, I started helping her and other people in her like broader, like creative education community started seeing what she was doing and kind of wanted to understand, you know, what was behind that marketing side of it. So I ended up getting a lot of those contacts coming in and I, I started building up a pro portfolio that I was working in the evenings, basically while I was in that last year uh, of, of still being in the military. So it quickly, you know, went from just supporting her to, I think I had uh, around 10 clients by the time I actually um, left the military. And I thought that was going to be it for a while. I was going to be a, a digital marketing consultant and I was going to run a book of clients. And, you know, maybe at some point down the road, I'd launch my own course and, and sell that. But uh, I definitely the immediate plans that I thought I was getting into was uh, just serving others through digital marketing. Were you producing creative as well at that time? Or were you just like running creative that, that, that the, your clients already had? Uh, it's an interesting question. I was, I was not producing the creative, um, but I, towards the end of like when I was doing that freelancing timeframe, I wanted to start offering the creative as a service. And I, I reached out to one of my clients in particular. They're, they're called uh, Ultimate Bundles. They do these like very, very short, like four-day flash sales and just pump a ton of traffic to their website. Um, they had what I felt like was the best creative out there amongst any, any of the clients I was serving. So I, I asked them, um, hey, who does, who does your videos? Um, so I, I sent them that email that morning and later on that night uh, my wife and I were out on a date out in town 
and we ran into my old uh like growing up sports rival like the guy I went head to toe with in football basketball track um which um super friendly but very competitive as well um his name's uh Caleb Rexius and uh we started just uh you know catching up and he was telling me about this business concept that he had in mind that you know he wanted to make uh high quality stock footage just more accessible to everybody and uh he ended up you know saying hey i want to i want to like package it in bundles to just make it affordable and he kept on saying this word bundles and uh it, it reminded me of that company ultimate bundles i'm like hey do you know of ultimate bundles he's like oh yeah i i cut every single video for them i make their sales vi- video every time so just happens to be this exact guy that I was looking for, you know, through randomness is Caleb that I ran into in town that night. Um, and, and, you know, I think there was some instant respect kind of across the board, just knowing that that was a legitimate company to be doing freelance work for. Um, and then that led to the conversations that ultimately uh, we co-founded FilmPack on. How quickly, and we'll, we'll unpack it, but what was, how quickly from that conversation on, on that date night with him to, to the beginning of film pack, how long? Uh, about two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. It was fast. It was fast. Yeah. What, who took the initial uh, kind of second step there? If that, if that conversation was the first step, who, who took the second step? So at the end of the conversation, he said, Hey, I'd love to like have you over. Let's have some coffee and and I'll show you, you know, what this looks like. And uh, let's just see if this would be something you'd be interested in doing the digital advertising for. So that that's kind of the next step. And then we had that meeting just like really hit it off. Like I, the first time I saw the website, I, I was floored. It's just incredibly, you know, it's just so so well done, so creative and so simple. Um, and it's, it's a big enough industry that like there's room to, to make an impact. And so I, I saw the opportunity right away and, and, and we had that conversation and I came back a week later for kind of a follow-up conversation. I said, Hey, like, here's my rates. If, if you want to move forward with freelancing, you know, here's what it looks like. I, I'd love to support you that way, but this is so ground level. I'd also say, hey, I, I can do it for free and just join your team as a co-founder and we can go all in on this together and, and let's try to make it something real big. And uh, he thought about it for a few days and and that's the route he picked. And yeah, I've been, I've been very blessed with that decision and uh, we've made a, a great team together, but. No doubt. Okay. So um, a couple of things I want to, I want to pull some threads on there. So how did you initially uh, land on your rates, right? So you're helping your wife, mm-hmm. ostensibly, you're helping your wife for free um, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and kind of like helping her do all that stuff. And so you were learning the ropes. What kind of research did you do? What market research did you do? How did you land on what your rates um, would eventually be as 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 you were offering to, to Caleb? Like, how did you land on those particular yeah. rates? Yeah, for me, me I knew... In order for it to be competitive with me, not just simply, you know, taking my degree and my engineering license and going and just into that kind of career that I needed it to be competitive from an income standpoint uh, for me to continue freelancing. So I kind of figured 
you know, based on the market at the time, here's what I would make as an engineer. That's like, that's the default option. Um, and then kind of worked it back into, okay, well, if I'm going to do the freelancing thing, what would that look like on an hourly basis to be competitive with that? And, and then there's some risk involved with taking that step too. So let's add some, some extra percentage here to make sure taking on the risk of doing it on my own is worth it. And, and that came, gave me kind of a ballpark per hour rate that I was trying to target. So, um, but then I also wanted to be a part of the success. I, I felt like I could make an actual impact on these businesses that I was supporting. So for me, what that looked like, um, I didn't want to get into like every business aspect of their, you know, of their success, but I wanted to be aligned with uh, if I'm growing, if we're spending more on advertisement, that I'm getting a, a percentage kicker based on that growth of spend that I'm managing. So, uh, so, so that's what it ended up being. It was kind of a base hourly rate to make sure the equivalent default is there plus a, an ad spend percentage base kicker. And where did you, and this was all through the, the lens of, of kind of like being an engineer, were you researching like what your counterparts who like your competitors were, were charging for this kind of thing? Or was this strictly through the lens of, all right, this is the previous work that I was doing. Here's the kind of money I need to make. And obviously you're very smart as an engineer. So you, you, you iterated correctly, but like, did you arrive there like intentionally through understanding what your competitors were charging? It it was less on competitor. And, and I know that's, that's an important way to do. It, and I think people could look at it that way, but it, I would say my analysis came out to where I was very, I was on the expensive side for sure. sure. But, but I felt like I would bring that much value and, and I, I wanted, it had to be aligned with my goals, right? Otherwise I, I would not ultimately follow through with it. If, you know, if, um, you know, I got to provide for the family at this point, didn't have the military income coming in. So to me that, that kind of thought process of comparing it to, what I would make simply going into my career field um, was something that would stand the test of time. If I could make at least that much money uh, and, and have the portion of it that can scale as well, that that would be important for me to to stick it out, not just a year or two, but over the long haul. So I think I'm really glad you did it that way. And, and I'm, I'm really glad that you told me this because I think it highlights a really, really important principle that is kind of, I think it's it's timeless. I think it's always been true, but I think it's even more evident now, post COVID kind of remote work and all these different things. And and really important, I think, for transitioning veterans to here and for, or for people who are thinking about transitioning out like you were during that last year. You are worth the value that you provide. Mm-hmm. You are not worth the market rate. You're worth the value that you provide to the organization or to the individuals that you're serving, like period, full stop. A hundred percent. Totally. That, so that's the, is that, additional. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That That's the key for sure. And I think um, understanding that value and, and I think it can be uncomfortable as you're transitioning out of the military, because you might not have the direct experience that you feel like your competitors have. But to me, everything you did counts, even though it wasn't 
directly what you were doing. It all counts and it adds to your capabilities and being able to pull from all those experiences and, and put it into a way that you can provide value for folks on the outside. Like you should be rewarded for that for sure. Preach, brother. That is the that is the thesis of of this whole podcast. I'm 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 glad I'm glad that 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 we went there. I think now it is important for people to understand there is the risk associated with operating that way is that you must deliver yes on the value that you are claiming you're going to provide, right? Like the market rate is what the market rate is because lots of people, you know, my brother, my brother calls it like the mountain of average, right? Like most people are are kind of on that mountain of average. And so they're able to skate by and you know, market rates in advertising or production or creative like are, are pretty good. So like, there's a lot of times you can kind of skate by and make a pretty good living. But if you're going to charge what you're worth, charge the value that you bring, the risk that you're taking on is that you must deliver on that because you are going to have higher expectations if you get hired at that rate. Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So what was it like linking back up with your, with your high school rival? Like, what was it like to, to somebody who, who didn't serve, right? Somebody who like ostensibly mm-hmm. you've kept in touch, like we're, we're all Facebook generation. So I'm sure you kind of were like keeping at least some sort of tabs. I don't know how hard you two were keeping tabs on each other, how, like how long the rivalry yeah. extended, but, um, but what was that like? I'm kind of joking about the rival stuff, but like, what, what was it like for you to, to partner up um, with somebody that you, you know, you weren't necessarily planning to partner up that way? Right. Yeah, I think it's been an interesting dynamic for a few reasons. I, I think the, you know, what was competitiveness as children ended up being respect as adults. And it's not like I even, I didn't even really know him that well growing up, but we, we definitely knew of each other and competed against each other a lot. So um, yeah, that definitely came out as, as respect later on in our lives. And he he was doing freelance um, video production for I think eight years at this point. And he had been a hundred percent on his own, just like one man van pumping out a ton of very, very like high end videos. Um, so it's, it's interesting enough, I think pairing an engineer with a creative minded person, but then you also tack on, you know, a guy that's been a solopreneur with a, a guy that's been leading, you know, hundred plus person military teams and systems and organization and all that. I think we were like in a lot of ways, polar opposite. Um, but I think it's being open-minded that ultimately mattered and, and being able to bridge that gap and, you know, not, not just like believing that your way is a hundred percent the right way. Like we got to find some solutions here that are going to meet in the middle. And sometimes it's going to be leaning in on your experiences. And sometimes it's, it's going to be leaning in on mine. Any initial challenges, hurdles, um, for those, the, the first bit of time that, that jumps out at you as an anecdote? Well, I, so one thing about him is he's an incredibly hard worker. So I, I could always, I could always trust on him to be putting in as a hundred percent full effort and his hundred percent full effort is a lot. He's, he's a beast for sure. Um, and, and same with myself. I, I, I put a lot of effort into the things that I, I commit to. Um, I think the initial challenges on our side is 
there was tension in trying to create systems. And, and I think where I wanted to come in and, you know, set a routine and we do this on this day and we meet and do this and this is how we deal with customer success and all these elements. Um, he wanted to be, you know, very open-ended and, and kind of loose on that side. And I think early on, what the, the, the conclusion I came on, uh, came to was that until we have enough people, the systems are probably just going to clog this up more than it's going to help. And I actually need to lean into his experience. And I think that if, if we lean into that side of just being creative, being a little bit looser, we're probably going to be able to iterate faster. Um, that, that's what stands out in my mind. I wouldn't say it was a big conflict, but something I, I kind of came to terms with pretty early on. I would imagine that's that would be very tough for an engineer. Did you did you arrive at that on your own, or from encouragement from him, or from from productive, um, from you know, kind of productive tension filled conversations back and forth, or what? What? How did you come to that? Yeah, I think there was there was those type of uh, production, you know, slight bit of tension conversations early on, but. I felt like in a lot of, if I was trying to implement a system that was probably honestly overkill for the phase of business that we were in, it just didn't stick. And, and, you know, maybe we do it once or twice, but it, it, it wouldn't stick. And for me, it was like, okay, I'm putting an effort to try to get these things up and running, but it's not going to stick. And so for me, it was like taking a step back. Okay. Well, why isn't it sticking? Is it actually a problem that it's not sticking? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the, kind of after reflecting on that, what I, what I came up with, it, at least at the time thought of, we're just too early for this. We need to have five employees, 10 employees, 15 employees before this type of thing makes sense to implement. Um, otherwise it's kind of, it's an overkill. It's a waste of time at the moment. And, and I think that that has stood the test of time. Cause now we're on the other side of that, where we have a team size that's large enough where the systems really do you know, move the needle at this point. And, and we have some of those, you know, a team of engineers on staff where that like system and that kind of weekly optimization can like really make an impact overall for our customers at this point. Yeah. And that actually makes sense as you, as you expand on that, that makes sense. That's a very engineer way of looking at it, right? Like, Hey, this thing I'm trying to do isn't working. I can't force this thing to work quite yet. I need to look forward to when it is going to work and figure out what to do in the meantime. That, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, was, was Caleb producing all of the, the stock footage that film pack was offering at the beginning? Like he was the, the director of photography, the shooter for all of it. He was, he, he made the original collection, which was 1500 clips. That was, that's what we launched with. So he, uh, that day that we ran into each other, out in town after decades of not seeing each other, he had those 1500 clips uh, filmed at that point. They were uploaded to a website and uh, the website was about ready to hit go on it. So uh, yeah, it was, he he definitely had the original concept as far as that creative side goes and, and the vision for, for how that creative would come together and support the filmmakers. 
So if, if his initial offer to you was, was, Hey, you know, put, put together a proposal for, for you to do digital marketing for me, what was your counter proposal when you said, I want to come on board, uh, full time and, and be a partner? Like what did your role look like to you, um, at that initial mm -hmm. moment? And then what did your role become? Yeah, I, I, if I'm remembering back to that conversation, and it's been six plus years at this point, but yeah. I remember saying like, because the original thing he wanted me to do was create a Facebook funnel. And, uh, and, and I gave him like, what that would look, look like cost wise. And but then I asked him, well, but how are you doing this? And how are you doing this? And how are you doing this? And I kept on asking him questions that I figured he probably hadn't thought of. Um, or at least like wasn't going to prioritize at, at that point in time. And, and they were all areas that I felt like I could, I could move the needle in. And I, I think through that, he just, you know, he gained a, a larger perspective on what bringing on a partner at, at that time could look like. And, uh, and, and he was very, he was open to the idea. He comes from an entrepreneurial family. I think he's seen how business partners have worked out in his, you know, family's businesses. And, and, and I don't think it was like necessarily had to convince him the idea of having a business partner, you know, was a, a worthy idea. It was more just trying to line on what I would bring to the table. And, and does that have enough value relative to giving up, um, you know, half the business? Yeah, I mean, you were proving your own personal and professional thesis there as a freelancer where you're like, okay, if I understand, so I'm interested in business, so let me figure out digital marketing. If I understand digital marketing, then I offer value as a business partner. Like, you know, it just, it makes total sense. Like there's a straight mm -hmm. line from where you started to what you did to, to, to like what you were doing now. It's, it's like, that's where I kind of back to what I was saying earlier. I just don't think most people understand that, like, if you understand a marketing funnel, you understand how a business works, you know, not how it operates. Operations is different. I understand finance yeah. operations account, all that stuff is different, and, but, but that's the back end. But like the front end of it, like all you have to do is understand how products get sold to who, whom they get sold and what steps there are along that, that funnel. Then like at that point, all you have to do is put the back end systems into place. You already know how that works because you're an engineer. So it's like, it just, it makes total right. sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And for me, it was like, it's like basically my dream. Cause I knew when I saw what he had created, I'm like, this is going to be successful. It instantly to me is like, this is the other half of what I need. Cause you know, I need something that the market wants. I, I can, I, I can market all day long, but if the market's not going to want it, it's not going to work out. So to me, I, I saw it as a really big opportunity with a great product that he had created. No doubt. Had he targeted who his customers were uh, before you came on board? Like, did, was he like, oh, I, I know that production companies and ad agencies need this? Or was he, where it was brand, were brands his customers? Like, had he targeted that already? And then what was your contribution to kind of customer uh, targeting analysis? So he, he originally created it with himself in mind. So basically that, that solopreneur, kind of freelancer that was working on legitimate projects and had like a steady book of business to where um, they had reached a certain quality level that was their threshold. But they also, because they're, you know, not in a big agency, they, they had to have certain price points that needed to be met in order for it to be useful as well. 
So he was trying to strike that balance and there was really no one out there at the time that was providing that level of quality at an affordable price point. So that's, that's kind of where we started, but it was, I think two weeks in after launch, we had, you know, basically one of the the publicly traded um, agency holding companies come in and, and they're asking of us, uh, you know, can we can we use this in a national TV spot for a Fortune 100 brand? And we're like, sure, <laughs> you can use it. And they're like, well, what would the price point be? And we're like, well, what's what's typical? What, what you know, what's what's the going rate for that kind of situation? And and they let us know, and it was just it was substantially substantially more than where we were targeting at for freelancers. So that, that opened our eyes very quickly. And I'm really grateful that that initial, that initial project came in. Cause that kind of has led us into a second side of the business where we support these very high end brands and agencies. And uh, we strike that balance of still trying to be affordable, but affordable relative to basically every single level that we're supporting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, customer success story there for you. I've, I've used the product at a, a range of, of brands at, at, um, at Circus Maximus where I was previously, you know, full-time I'm freelancing now, but, um, and, and still using, still using the product on a couple of our, of our brands over there. And yeah, it's, it's the, you, you created, you did a great job of creating a tiered package where it's like, okay, here's the digital package, you know, here's the, the broadcast package. And, and there's, you know, opportunities to negotiate, you know, from there, like any other, like any other uh, usage type negotiation that an executive producer or business affairs rep would need to be negotiating with talent, whether it's photography or, or uh, cinematography or, or, or uh, model actor talent, all that stuff. So um, who were his competitors at the time? Like did film supply exist at the time? Mm -hmm. Um, Was, is, did he know that there were competitors? Yeah. So film supply had launched, I think a year prior and, I think that was, you know, it was such a, like, I think refreshing company to come in the industry because their quality is so incredible. Um, yeah. You know, and, but the problem was he couldn't hit budget on any of his projects. So he would have to, you know, default, go back to some of the others that are, are in the right price point. So I think that really kind of made the pain point more apparent to him. That yeah. there's got to be others out there like me that want this quality and the clients deserve the quality, but we just, you know, don't have the budgets in our projects to to support that kind of uh, price point that they had. Yeah. Um, what did the growth of the team start to look like? When did you, so as you were implementing some systems mm-hmm. or trying to implement some systems and you realize, okay, we need to wait, you know, this system for three employees, this for five, 10, 15 what did the expansion of the team look like uh, initially and what have you grown to now? Yeah. So we hired, we hired our first employee six months in and that was, uh, that was a, a unique experience. I think a, a growing point for sure for Caleb um, because at the same time, we basically had to make the call that, we're going to let our our freelancing businesses kind of slide off and we're going to taper those down. So, you know, if we're hiring people, we got to think of this as like, it's legit. Now we got to really go all in on it full time. 
Um, so we hired a guy that, uh, that Caleb found that was posting videos on Facebook, but at the time his day job was literally jumping into dumpsters and, uh, picking out material that should be recycled and putting in the recycle bin. And he was going around to these apartment complexes doing that. Uh, great, great guy. He's a, uh, he's one of our lead uh, cinematographers at this point. His name's uh, Brandon Hoover. And uh, he, he's actually my brother-in-law now. Um, which happened years after, after him joining the team, he ended up uh, marrying my sister-in-law, but um, yeah, awesome guy. Um uh, great great first hire he's still you know around and you, you know we're inc- incredibly lo- loyal to him and uh he's incredibly loyal to us but um yeah so we i think we hired four people that first year one of them was strictly to take over caleb's workload that he had on his freelance business to try to keep that as kind of a cash cow while we're building out the film pack side and then we hired a producer um, that is actually my sister-in-law that I was referencing earlier. She came on as our first producer. Um, and then Brandon was a third. So that, that was our team for, for, I think almost the first year. Um, we had, I I would say growth kind of like that, whereas about two to three people every year, uh, since that point. And then in the last couple of years, we've been hovering in the mid teens. Were you able to re reevaluate and reimplement those systems that you were, were trying to implement at first and kind of thought about, or were there iterations along the way? Like at, at what point did you get to kind of satiate your, your um, systems design and kind of implementation? Yeah, I think the first one was through like basically like product iteration principles. Um, uh, we we call it a targeting process, but basically trying to trying to constantly opt optimize the product in sprint cycles, which it's commonplace in the product engineering you know kind of space. But but the way I go about it is through targeting systems that I learned. Actually, I, I was with the army for uh, two years, kind of middle of my career. I did an exchange program where I was off with the army. And uh, we we deployed with their engineer brigade to Afghanistan and learned this targeting optimization process, which is like basically a constant constant improvement process. So um, that would I would say that's the first big one I was able to implement, and that was when the engineering uh, team size had three, and we had dedicated product people, dedicated designer, and basically we had enough people at that point that we had to really prioritize the workload to make sure we were working on the thing that would make the most impact to our customers. And then how were you evaluating what your customers wanted um, in terms of like what kind of footage mm-hmm. um, in terms of, but while also still kind of maintaining, because again, speaking as a customer, what I love about your product is that it is, it is, it is high end and it is consistent enough with itself, like with the different, clips and the different things that like I, you mm-hmm. can, and I've, I've actually, I've seen things on, on Instagram, whether it's organic or whether I got fed, fed the ads, I'm not sure, but like yep. there's ways like, you know, Hey, you can take clips and you can make a short film with it or a trailer or yep. like whatever it might be. And it, it's all shot by, you know, it's, it's different enough, but consistent enough with itself and each other that it, that it works. 
how were you, how were you optimizing? How were you, what was your, like the, the um, kind of information intake that you were getting from your customers or from like potential customers to decide, okay, mm -hmm. this, we need to engage in this sprint for this reason, yep. because we know that, that our customers need this. Yeah. On the content side, it's, there's a few, a few avenues. I would say foundationally what, what makes what you're saying work is that we film in scenes and we also make sure that we tag our models in a way that you can see all of the scenes that that, that model has been filmed in. Um, I think that's like two underlying things that are consistent across the entire library. Um, but how we layer on top of that for what to film, we love, we love customer feedback. Um, so when people write in content requests, we, you know, that, that comes in, that gets evaluated. Um, but we also get a substantial amount of search traffic on the site. And so through analytics, we can see, you know, consolidated data of the top, you know, 1000 or 10,000 keywords that are getting hit. And then we can see based on all those keywords, what's our click through rate on that search term? What's our conversion rate, our download rate on that search term? So we get all this analytics data coming in that kind of shows us uh okay well this we we need to focus on yoga because it's not converting as high as the search term family um and, and that allows us to iterate and, and um it's actually it's interesting that that's one space where ai has really really helped us around i think ai in general is is a touchy topic in the in the industry but but ai helping the computers kind of surface the right search results and and improve on search yeah. results is a to me a uh, kind of no-brainer win for for the company and the customers so the ctr that you're talking you're talking about all this internally like once a customer is on the website you're talking about gathering data from within the website you're not talking about mm -hmm. through ads right no this is strictly on our our platform so if you're on you know filmpack.com slash footage slash browse and you're searching for something, that data is going to get aggregated. And at some point, yeah. all of the data coming from that is going to inform us what we need to improve on or you know what, what to shoot more of because there's a high velocity of people downloading that type of content. So, so you've taken the principles of the, of the marketing funnel and you figured out how to, how to like bring it to, to the website and execute on that to, to help figure out what it is that you need to make more available to your, to your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's all the key touch points. Um, you know, the, the, the content browsing is just one of the touch points. It's a major one. I think it's, you know, probably the one we've put the most effort into, but um, every key touch point gets monitored. And, you know, if, if we're going to make a change on any key touch point, we AB test it out um, to make sure that the results are going to be what we expect before we launch it. It's incredible. You literally, you've delivered on the thing that you, that you started out with your interest in, in, in business and then learning the digital marketing and just applying it at scale here. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an incredible, incredible journey. Um, it's awesome. Um, so what's next? What, what are, what, uh, what's, how, how, what are you iterating on now? What does the future of the mm -hmm. company look like? Um, where are you seeing the most success? Like what, what's, what's, what's happening right now and in the future? 
Yeah. So our core focus right now is still that like bread and butter membership that is designed for the kind of freelancer creator core. We, we love supporting those people. We never want to, you know, leave those folks behind. Um, so, it, you know, th- that I would say that's the core, like helping those creators win is our, our core um, mission. So, so we focus on that. We think that, you know, we, we've put effort into the footage side that is humming along and will continue to produce content and, and onboard other content creators that uh, we believe are solid for the platform. Uh, we launched music on it. Um, I love the music side of it. It's, it's been um, picking up lately. Um, we plan to get into sound effects as well. That's, that's the next um, kind of launch on, onto the, the product side. And and the other thing we're toying with, although not quite sure where to put it in priority, is is when to shoot vertical oriented content. So right now, every not everything, but the majority is horizontal based. So we're trying to feel the market out uh, as to when people are going to be tired of cropping horizontal videos for vertical content, and uh, you know we we should be able to lead the way in producing a really solid uh, vertical vertical video library. Um, so that's all on the core side, but then we're also still focused on that, like enterprise brand, um, you know, um, national license agency customer as well. And, uh, just gonna, gonna put more focus than we have on the past on that side, really like dial in our, our sales funnel on that side and, and getting all the right features in place to where we can optimize how we support, uh, that market market segment. Do you see, um, do you see any sort of like, what's the tension between the larger customers and the, not obviously interpersonally between the larger customers Mm -hmm. and the, and the creator core, but like within your business, what, what kind of tension do you see um, for for yourself as you like, are are you worried about kind of expanding both ways at all? You know, the, at the core of the product, there's a lot of overlap that's not tension they both want creative content that is very high quality so at the core we deliver on that um so to me it's more like how you package it and and the differences are actually they're pretty distinct at that you know kind of enterprise brand level it it gets more into the legal uh situation where you, you don't have to change the product it's literally the same clip but our overall assessment and, you know, detail that will provide the model releases or these indemnity or these insurance or just all these things that get layered on. We just, we have to, we have to meet their check in the boxes to play their game. And, uh, and and it's, I would say it's a little less, it's a little less like broad of a market. You know, you're going, it's, definitely size wise it's big but you're going after a fewer a fewer companies so i think that's where the the sales approach is going to come in and and for us it's it's more like sales awareness basically we just we just got to get people to take a look once they see the product um they're typically into it and they license it yeah it's all top of funnel right it's just like Mm -hmm. get in here get in here and take a look and you'll see and and you'll be you'll be happy with it yeah that that makes sense um awesome um well kind of wrap things up here a little bit of anything in particular you want to plug or or, or where can folks find 
I don't know if you're on social, but obviously like where we can direct people for, for film pack, obviously we'll, we'll link to the website um, and, and all of that, but anywhere in particular you want to drive traffic to and anything in particular you want to plug before I finish up with my, mm-hmm. with my fancy open-ended question. Yeah, I think uh, so on the, on the company side, if you're, if anybody's doing any sort of creative work or knows a creator um, I think we got a good, product that can help them out and that's at uh filmpack.com f-i-l-m-p-a-c.com um you know other than that i would say just you know try to try to be in community with the the veterans that are in your area i think that's kind of key for us is you know not everybody's going to understand all the experiences that we go through and and they're not going to be able to speak to it so the, the more opportunities you have to just be around another vet and, you know, communicate with them, be an open ear to them, to them. Um, I, I think that's uh, just an important part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I also think on the, the reverse side, it's, it's both and, right. It's not either or mm-hmm. because there's so much value in, you know, you, you generated a skill set and then you connected with somebody who had a skill set that you didn't have and had a, a library of assets that you didn't have. Um, and I think what ends up happening is, a lot of times veterans will will spend too much time just with other veterans, right? And not spend enough time with other entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or people that were doing something else while we were deployed, while we were serving. And um, and so it, it kind of like, it goes both ways. It's very reciprocal, right? Like mm-hmm. we want people to, we, we want people to spend more time with each other, basically Absolutely. is, what, is, is yeah. what we're saying here and, and connect, connect it in community uh, to, to create together. Totally. Yep. We're made for community for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Listen, brother. Well, I, I, uh, I sincerely appreciate the time. I'm glad we finally got to do this. I know we've been trying to schedule it for almost mm-hmm. a year now, maybe over a year now. Um, so yeah. I'm stoked that we, uh, that we finally got a chance to do it. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, continuing to, to be a customer and, and I'm very excited to share this out to, to more creators in, in, um, in, in our audience and, and give, uh, more opportunities kind of across the board. So, um, sincerely appreciate the time and, uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, man. We'll see you. Let's see you.